Hey y'all, this podcast is meant for mature audiences only and contains strong adult language. So if you are under 18, be out. We discuss our experiences, thoughts, and tips on ethical non-monogamy from the perspective of a black married couple. We smart, but we not experts. So this show is for entertainment purposes only. So whether you working out, driving, or listening to us on your home sound system, enjoy the show. This is the Black and Kinky Lifestyle. Okay, so I was thinking the other day mm-hmm. about being average. Okay, you being average? Yes. I was thinking about me being average, just an average guy. Like I'm not I'm not like unattractive, but I'm not like super attractive. I think you're attractive. Uh, I, 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 I attractive, yes. Okay, I'm attractive, but I'm not like <laughs> I'm not like Idris Elba attractive. Uh, okay. Well, thank thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for boosting my ego there. <laughs> like I'm not like Idris. Like I don't have fans like that. Like I'm, I'm you know. You're like Idris if Idris was a regular dude. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, regular dude. Here we go. Thank you. Um, but honestly, like I think that society really. I mean especially in the black community. Like we just really don't give enough respect to being average. Mm-hmm. Like average guys, like chicks are always like, look, I want a guy that's more than average or, <laughs> you know, um, I don't, you know, guys like, I don't want, I don't want to just marry an average chick. I don't want to marry a chick that like only a li- few people want. <laughs> um, and so it got me thinking like, I actually, I actually like being average. I think there is, I think people don't respect the inherent danger of being too sexy. Mm-hmm. See, women can attest to this. Like, you can attest to this. Like, have you ever been just walking to work or going to work and somebody was like, just willingly just brought you their dick on a silver platter and was like, <laughs> here, you know, you just, you're just trying to drink your coffee. Like, here's some dick. Like, you, <laughs> that, has that, has that ever happened yes. to you? I mean, I, yes. So like I know God did not give me a fat ass for a reason. Like there was there was a clear reason. Like I needed to stay focused and like do things with my life. See, I like your ass. You always you you, you come down too hard on your ass. <laughs> like you, you you and your ass need to sit on a couch in front of a therapist <laughs> and have a little talk. I mean, I like my ass, but I just don't feel like she's reaching her full potential. Okay. And that's like partly my fault, but that's not the subject of this conversation. Well, no, I mean, see, I'm a dude Mm -hmm. and I know that I'm not walking around here looking like, I don't know, King Noir, but I think that's fine because sometimes I just want to go to the store and buy some oatmeal or some bread. But see, here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I I guess. And and without, you know, without some bitch just like smacking me in the back of my head with her pussy. (laughs) Hey, you know. But see, the thing is, like, at least for women, I know. And I know there's other women that can attest to this. Like the times when I'm looking bummy, like, yes, when I'm like all done up, makeup, hair, you know, got the tight outfit, all that kind of stuff, of course. But it's the times when I'm looking bummy that niggas be going in the hardest. Really? Yes. Wow. And I'm like, I'm not even dressed. Like, <laughs> like what? What is happening here? That's what. That's what I mean. All right. So, so you're 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 clearly above average. I'm not. I would not say I'm above you're average. Definitely above average because you can go out there wearing <laughs> your little PJs and still get <laughs> offered dick. 
Well, I don't. I don't think that's what that means. The, but. No, they're, they're not offering dick. I mean, sometimes they are. I'm not. This is not like an everyday occurrence. Also, I don't leave the house that much, but this is not like an everyday occurrence. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, it it is something that happens. Look, I'm gonna say what Kevin Samuels always says all the time. Look, there's nothing wrong with these average people out here. Well, average there's nothing is, wrong with average. Average is just fine. Yeah, absolutely. Average is perfectly fine, mm-hmm. and I'm fine being like I am not a supermodel. Like I'm not a video vixen, anything like that. Like. No, I'm definitely average and I'm perfectly fine with that. Are there things that I would like to tweak? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be out here, be a, um, what they call them? Like the plastic Vixen. Barbies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> like the plastic surgeon Barbies mm-hmm. or the plastic surgeon dolls. Like, I'm, that's too much. Yeah. Well, I am glad you married me. Oh, I'm glad I married you too. Yeah. Um, because I can go out in these streets um, and just buy some fruits and shit without a bitch <laughs> smacking me with her nipples. Um, all right. But you also be getting harassed, though. How do I, when do I get harassed? Like, women definitely be hitting on you. Uh, how? Like, when, when women hit on me, it's still really like, uh, what the hell? Real passive. So, like, no, you call no, it hitting no. on me, and no, it's no, like, no, yo, No, 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 because you were telling me the last time that you went out to the bar, like, with your boy... Like chicks was getting on you, even though you told them you were married. Especially when I told them I was married. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's 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 the kind, but it's the kind of flirting like I can walk away from really easily. Uh-huh. I think, um, yo, chicks out in DC are kind of dangerous. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> like if you out in them streets, uh, like I know what I'm talking about. But I know other I know other fellas that just be like. You know, they'll be in the gym and they'll just be doing some jumping jacks and and bitches just stand still and with their head bobbing up and down (laughs) watching them. Like, I don't get that kind of attention. And you know what? That's good for me because sometimes I just want to do some fucking jumping jacks without getting harassed. Mm Is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, But some niggas is trying to get harassed, too. What the niggas that be putting on... um, sweats without underwear yes <laughs> like nigga, you know you know what you're doing like fuck like thirst traps like you got you got a friend that be posting thirst traps incessantly and be like i don't know why these bitches all in my dm i'm just i'm just try, i'm just proud of myself i don't know why they be thinking that like, nigga, come on please get over yourself all right let's get to the show <laughs> This is the bomber and the bell. So we're going to PCAP Podcast of Palooza color pop in palm springs yeah i realized that uh this is happening really soon (laughs) uh june 3rd to the 6th and we are now in may we are now the last i checked with kate uh we are about 75 percent sold out oh wow so i wanted to actually open this up in talking about um Costa Rica a little bit mm-hmm. because we went to Costa Rica uh, and 
you know, when we got to Costa Rica, I think one of the things we were thinking about was, whoa, it would be really cool to have a lifestyle experience in Costa Rica. Yeah. And you and I had a little bit of a back and forth about that, mm-hmm. that the reality of that. Well, I think we were talking about, you know, one, it would be amazing because it's just a beautiful country and there's so many different um, environments and different things to do. But on the same side of that coin, there's so many things to do. You may be distracted from like the lifestyle aspects of a getaway or a takeover or something like that. Cause you want to go zip lighting. You want to go to the hanging bridges, you know, you want to go to the waterfalls, to the volcanoes, you know, do hiking, um, canyoning, caving, doing all these different things. Um, and then trying to fit in the time for, uh, lifestyle activities may be challenging. I think whenever we go to a beautiful place, we're always like, oh, it'd be great to have a lifestyle experience here. And then it's like, (laughs) I had the opportunity, you know, when you get the opportunity to hear somebody who actually did have a lifestyle experience there, it changes a little bit. So um, shout out to Swinger University, who's also going to be at PCAP um, this year, which with a bunch of other really talented uh, podcasters, uh, lifestyle podcasters, uh, and new um, folks who haven't quite been to uh, the to podcast a palooza, um, certainly not as their podcaster personas. Um, but I shout out Swinger University in particular because like the day, almost the day that we got to the day we got to Costa Rica, right? they were actually leaving a takeover mm. in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And their review of that experience was kind of a, a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, in terms of it not quite being the lifestyle experience uh, that they had envisioned. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially as like swingers who swap and who play, it wasn't that kind of thing. Um, You know, it wasn't the kind of place you go to and you see people playing and swapping out in the open. And, you know, the playroom wasn't all all up to par and people were gone, you know, large swaths of people were gone from the lifestyle, uh, excuse me, from the hotel um, uh, takeover you know, resort or location because they were going out on all these excursions. Um, And it reminded me a lot of desire, although people weren't leaving the premises very much. Mm -hmm. um, There wasn't a lot of swapping going on. And not that we observed outside that. Right. If it it was, it was happening in people's rooms or something. Yeah, which was like a disappointment because it's like the rooms weren't all that, like <laughs> right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't even. That's this isn't a desire review, um, but uh, it just got me thinking. There were other. I feel like there were other times where we go, we've gone to hotel takeovers and we were disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it didn't feel swingery enough, or because <laughs> like people didn't quite plan enough, and there were. Uh, there wasn't anybody to to get folks together and just you know be sort of unified in all of our sex positivity, mm-hmm. uh, and it felt a little disjointed. So I just wanted to say that there are all of these disappointing experiences, like yeah. you know, and it made me appreciate PCAP a lot more because, mm-hmm. and l- let me know if you feel differently. But PCAP is kind of magical in that way that it if you go to PCAP, 
there is no real disappointment. Like you'll get what you are looking for. And oh, I'm, yeah. I just wanted to talk about why, why that is like, what makes PCAP different from all this other shit we've gone to? I mean, I think it's just the nature of the event um, itself. So one it's content creators say, and those who love them. Um, so it's not just like a hotel takeover for people to hook up and meet. It, it, it is that, but also it's like this mutual exchange of appreciation. So people want to be there to interact with the people that are there. They are specifically coming to interact with the people that are there. Um, and everybody kind of has this same um, common interest. And yes, you know, at other hotel takeovers, you have the same common interest of being in the lifestyle. Um, but that can vary greatly. Like That's a large range. Whereas at PCAP, kind of the range of similarity is more focused, I guess, mm-hmm. on this one particular aspect, right? And not to say, because we've met people at PCAP who don't listen to the shows at all, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, who are, you know, got invited by somebody or their partner is really into the content creators and that kind of thing. Um so there are those people there, but the vast majority, obviously, of attendees are, you know, kind of really into the podcast world, into the content creation world, um, and are passionate about that. And then obviously you have these creators there that are also passionate um, about this content creation around the lifestyle. So I think it just, it uh, provides a different level of investment into the atmosphere of the event. You know, it's it's really organized, and I feel like, there's there's always a kind of feedback that is used from the there's a there's a consistent seeking of feedback oh yeah to make the event better and i don't feel like i get that from other um other events and then the event i feel like there are always some unique aspects that you don't see at um, other hotel takeovers or getaways like the theme nights are always unique um, something that you know you haven't I haven't done before um, there's um, always good seminars on topics that you know there's always you know the kind of the beginner topics things that are good for people who are just entering the lifestyle but then there's also always a topic or um, a talk about something that you were like huh I never thought about that I would say like <laughs> advanced uh, swinger, um, Mm -hmm. you know, education kind of thing. Like, you know, you don't necessarily think about those things or you've thought about them, but haven't had an avenue to explore um, or educate yourself on those. And there's always a good topic there um, with something like that. And then there's just always, uh, it's always in a really fun place. Like that's fun where you can get, you know, experience a few things, but that the location is not taking you away Mm -hmm. um, from the event. And then the actual host hotels are always really nice um, and a great place to just hang out and be and enjoy. If there's one phrase I can use to describe how the themes play out at PCAP, mm-hmm. it, it's like Kate is is trying her best to be non-basic. <laughs> yeah. Like I think non-basic is the term to use here because there's nothing basic about the themes <laughs> of this next PCAP. Yeah. So, um, so yes, it's got to be in Palm Springs, and on Friday night there's like this futuristic fluoro. So fluoro, I think I'm pronouncing fluoro, that right. yeah, fluoro, and it's it's sort of like a glow night, but 
futuristic. She couldn't keep it. She couldn't just keep it simple. Glow night. No, motherfucker. Like, future. Nigga, think 2080. Um, so, you know, it gives people an opportunity. If you want to go basic, you could do that. Yeah. You, could, you know, I got like a little glowing like hoodie or whatever. Um, and I could just bring that. But now I'm like, okay, let me let me see if I can find some like neon hair dye yeah. and put that shit in my hair and like put some glasses on that are glowing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like some Tron shit. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you gave this one any thought. I mean, I've looked at the style guys and so I've got an idea, but I haven't done like my in-depth research. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I was also looking for hair glow in the dark, like hair paint. <laughs> so wait a minute. You were thinking about you were thinking about dyeing your hair. Yeah, I, was, I mean, putting some dye in my hair, not doing a whole thing like not my whole head <laughs> but we could totally collaborate i mean oh, yeah, or, or collaborate i feel like that's too formal a term I, I, i'm looking for we another word coordinate there yeah. we go which still sounds a little formal which we typically do coordinate our, our uh, costumes our outfit think about how we're gonna shine saturday night is gonna be pop art this is how it reads on the website. So emerging in the mid-1950s in Britain and late 1950s in America, pop art reached its peak in 1960s. It began as a revolt against the dominant approaches to art and culture and traditional views on what art should be, which sounds like a really pleasant way to describe this uh, <laughs> theme. I was just thinking Prince, you know, form like your man used to have some really funky colors on stage. Yeah. I, I don't know that I would describe Prince as pop art. I wouldn't describe him as pop art either. I'm just thinking about the kind of outfits I'm going to put on. Oh, okay. But this is just really colorful. Yeah, it's really super colorful. It's like like yeah. whimsical shit. Yes. So like a fucking turquoise sports jacket. Uh, uh, sure. Or yeah. a, a tie with like yellow polka dots on it and shit. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Well, I feel like we're not quite thinking about this in the same way. Why don't you tell me what you think? No, I'm definitely like on the whimsical kind of colorful, like there's this, um, <laughs> this is going to be really random, but do you remember like there's a, there was this Bugs Bunny cartoon and who's Bugs Bunny? That's totally before my time. Oh no, it's before yours. Well, what do you <laughs> know about not. Bugs Bunny? Anyway, but there's, <laughs> there's this like heart monster. Yes. I remember it was a furry and he only yeah. had two eyes or something. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, that's my my reference of what I'm thinking for, like, crazy, like, something like that furry heart monster pop art kind of thing, <laughs> which I don't think is pop art either. But, like, they have, like, I don't know, clothing with that kind of stuff on it. And I, I have an idea. I've seen... Um, Something that I want, or like a big mouth. Like, I don't know if you all, well, if anybody's listening is into um, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, a couple seasons back, Monique Hart had this costume that she was like, she had this big mouth on her. Um, and so something like that, I'm, I'm thinking. Okay. But I don't know. I have to I have to do the research. Right. And so the comic book thing is too, like the old school comic book with yes. the dots on your face yes. and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you're like, ain't nobody wearing dots on their face. And I guarantee you somebody's showing up with dots on their face. No, somebody's going to show up with dots. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's just not going to be me. See, yeah, you got the t- the mouth t-shirts over there. Um, we're looking at the style guide. 
Um, which yes, is on there the are PCAP style guides for website. all of these. Yeah. Um, all of these themes, if folks aren't sure, but they're they're so like different. Like you could really yeah. get creative with them. Yeah, and that was the other reason why I was looking for the dye because I don't like I wore a wig for my little Kim costume and. You can wear wigs with locks. It's just very uncomfortable because I just have so much hair and it's so thick. And so I was like, I don't feel like trying to wear a wig again. I'm just going to maybe put some color in my hair. You know, it's interesting when it comes to these themes because I think people can get really hung up on them. But I think themes can be a really good way of just starting a conversation. And like it's like a visual engagement tool, Mm -hmm. you know. It's like, oh, what is that? What are you? I mean, it's an easy way to start a conversation. On Sunday night, it's like open slate. And that basically means that your body is the canvas. Right. And so they'll have, um, you know, you can sort of have white clothes on or whatever, but they got spray artists. um, They have, uh, you know, different opportunities to put paint, glitter, like all kinds of shit on you. So it's like, this will be new. I've never done this before. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember that uh, when we were at uh, Desire, there was one woman who had all of these like jewels painted on her or not painted on her. They were like, they were, they were like, yeah, it was emeralds. like it was painted on her. I mean, they were ad- adhe- adhered, adhered to her, but it was like with a paint, like with body paint as that's well. That's right, yes. Like yeah. literary paint. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah. that shit was dope. So that's kind of what I'm thinking for that. Yeah, that I'm theme. thinking, if you recall, um, <laughs> Beyonce's visual album, Lemonade, and uh, I forget the song, but it's when they're in the bus mm-hmm. and you see the dancers come through with like the white body paint, like they're dark skin and have white body paint on them that that's what i'm thinking for sunday we just got a dj on deck who uh again kate was asking for feedback you know what are some things to let the dj know about playing music uh by the pool or by you know at night Mm -hmm. Uh, and the first thing i said i was like yo you know you could play anything by the pool but just make sure whatever's playing at night people could shake their asses to yeah you know, that EDM shit, the, the DJ in um, Dallas, I mean, we said it in our uh, PCAP Dallas review, that DJ was tight. Mm-hmm. Um, people were shaking their ass definitely uh, in, in Dallas. Um, so whatever that DJ did was awesome. Apparently, Average Swingers, they're going to be hosting some games, uh, and mm-hmm. they were pretty good at that in the past. Edutaining <laughs> yes. seminars. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do ours on photo taking uh, yes. particularly photo taking of men um of husbands of dudes because uh we've been you know on these profile sites and some people could use some assistance there um <laughs> so we're gonna have a whole seminar on that uh and it's gonna be a lot of fun so palm springs it'll be your first time there yes it'll um, be my first time in palm springs so we, I'm, excited, I'm excited for it yes palm springs is hot but it's also beautiful Tickets are still on sale. It's going to be a good time. The playrooms are always clean. The playrooms are always active. Mm -hmm. Well, not throughout the day, but, you know, later on at night after the party, that playroom is going to be active. Um, And there's always a story, man. Y'all listen to this show, like, come through, especially if y'all close to the West Coast, like, come through, like, buy your tickets. We would love to see y'all there and uh, just make some new memories. Um, So... Uh, again, June 3rd to the 6th of 2022. Um, it's going to be amazing. 
Hey, fellow B&K fans. I know y'all are enjoying the show, but damn, we have to wait a month for each episode. I don't know about you, but that's way too long for me. That is one of the many reasons I support Bomber and Bell on Patreon. They release content on their Patreon every week. I really can't get enough of their Pillow Talk episodes where they get real personal. It's like having a backstage pass to your favorite artist. It also doesn't hurt to have ready access to the Bell and the Bomber through their private chat. If y'all want to join in the fun, head to www.patreon.com forward slash black and kinky and donate a few dollars a month to keep the show going. I know it's for a good cause and all that, but I'm just trying to get my fair share of this sexy ass podcast. Speaking of which, I'm finna finish this episode. All right. So I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Mr. Jones. We got a thing. Uh, congratulations on officially, um, or it sounds like it's official, um, beating can- officially beating cancer. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, he had, yeah he had, I think he had prostate cancer, and he's talked about it openly on the show, and things are looking good. I can, I can imagine how scary that would be, though. Yeah. Um, so glad he's out of it and making a full recovery. Uh, let me just say shout out to the Smokers Lounge podcast that I had the pleasure of uh, being featured on. I'm not sure if the episode is released yet but um but we had we had a really good conversation two black men just talking shit about sex <laughs> um uh and i think it's because a lot of your photos are a lot of your explicit fo- photos a lot of those are on twitter and shit mm-hmm. and it's like does this make you an erotic entertainer i don't know does it wait they're not that explicit though no they're just you and lingerie yeah but I don't know. It it just got me thinking because we uh, we attracted someone mm-hmm. who interviews porn stars. Mm. So did, did he specifically say that though? Well, no, no, he did not specifically say that. But uh, but I guarantee you that if those photos weren't posted and he didn't see those photos, we would have never heard from this guy. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. I don't th- I don't think he would have reached out to us and like, yo, let's talk. <laughs> I think you know your your photos were sexy. Yeah. Um. So shout out, uh, shout out to him. But if I'm not gaining monetarily from the photos, that is a lie. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that our, I'm sure that we get patrons from your photos. Like I, I can't be, we can't be in denial about okay. that shit. <laughs> making money's making money off of ass. Like why not? It's fine. Yeah. So does that mean I'm a sex worker? I may be, actually. Mm. Or an exotic entertainer, as you said. I'd love to hear from Tribe Chat on that one. Um, mm. Particularly Omari the Rebel, who <laughs> is a porn star, mm-hmm. uh, about the the gray area there. Is Belle a porn star? Please hit us up. Oh, I'm not doing porn. Like sexy photos and porn. That's a, that's a wide oh, range. Oh, I'm sorry. I said porn. I meant sex work. Yeah. Yes. Um, so shout out to Swinger Help. Uh, so they have an anonymous survey that they're currently doing for swingers. Um, and I need my black people to respond to this survey because like the representation we have on this kind of, in this kind of data is really, really low. And I know there are more black swingers out there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so please do we'll have please do respond to the survey. We'll have the link to the survey in the description. Um, but it asks some really interesting questions um, that folks should uh, respond to. And Swinger Help, we we met them, and they are great. They are not part of the government. Uh, so, so you know, <laughs> it's okay to fill out this survey. We, oh, okay. Um, just giving them their props. This episode is really going to be uh, about uh, consent. Now, we're not like experts in like rape culture and sexual assault and all of that shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be very clear. Like, if you want to learn about what consent is and just you know get more educated on it, go. Please go beyond the Bell and Bombers podcast uh, and seek some of that information out. Okay, so today's episode is going to be all about consent. But before we get there, we have to hit the hit list. It's time for the hit list. The hit list is basically a list of folks, celebrities, semi-celebrities, people we just seen around the block that, you know, we might like to get down with. So, Belle, who is it that you would like to bang if you could? So, I've been watching this show, um, which is on its, I guess, almost last season, Grace and Frankie on Netflix. And oh, that's the one with all the old people in it? Yeah, it doesn't just have old people in it. I think the show is funny. I think it's well-written, um, and it, it's just entertaining. It's like popcorn entertainment for me. But one of the characters on there, Brianna, is played by this woman, um, June Diane Raphael. And I just, on the show, I really like her style. Like, I like her shape. Like, she's just cute and she's bitchy. And she could definitely get it. She's on my hit list. Would you put her, would you put your mouth on her vulva? I don't know about all that. (laughs) Okay. One day. All right, nice. Um, my hitless target this episode is going to be Alexis Floyd, who stars on the Netflix series Inventing Anna. Uh, has been out for a while, uh, and we haven't finished watching the show, but really interesting show, um, sort of in the spirit of fucking, um, what was that, Firefest fraud oh, yeah. level shit. Um, and... Firefest is actually mentioned in the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ironically enough. Yeah. But Alexis Floyd, yo, she's a sexy ass sister. Like, I was trying to remember her for our, from our last episode. I was like, who is this chick? Mm-hmm. So she's like an up and coming star. And she's on the show. She is unapologetically black. Like, she has all of those qualities. Yeah. Like, I love in black women. She's actually from, well, on the show, she's from D.C. <laughs> Yeah, but I think she grew up in Ohio. But she kind of talks like somebody who, the way she carries herself, like she yeah. doesn't. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know much about Ohio, but she, <laughs> she just reminds me of a lot of sisters I've met throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she kind of has this Janelle Monet thing going on. Mm, um, yeah, and I, yeah, I think she's so so sexy. So we'll have her name in the show notes. Just give her a quick Google image search. She's really, um, she's a hot one. We're going to talk about consent. Again, this episode is not meant for us to like make some kind of public statement about it, but I had been 
reading a book called Ask, Building Consent and Culture by Kitty Stryker. Uh, I really, really, really can't recommend this book enough uh, because it it's not just a book that talks about consent and describes it sort of in this textbooky way. There are essays written by people in the real world in so many different trades. You know, we have there's an essay about how consent works for sex workers. There's an essay from the position of a, a porn director. Um, there is even a, a essay written uh, from the perspective of somebody who is a pro, like in the pro wrestling world. Like, mm-hmm. how does consent work in pro wrestling? It's just all these different um there's also one on mental health there's mm-hmm. this woman who's like yo i don't have it all together and i still want to have sex how does consent play a role in my life mm-hmm. um and so there are all these little nuances that uh that come up in this book but i want to give carol queen who is uh the author of the afterword um it's the end of the book clearly um and she sums up all of this um all of this information into a, a general statement about consent and rape culture. And, um, and it doesn't come off as too preachy. Like she comes off as really acknowledging why we look at these terms the way we do, uh, and how we can move forward as a society and culture that celebrates sexual exploration without making it about, you know, putting oneself at risk of sexual assault for, for wanting to be sexually free. Um, and I just for Carol Queen's sum up, alone that part of the book i think everyone needs to read when it, especially people who are in the swinger community there is actually an essay written by somebody who hosts swinger parties um and interesting i mean maybe i'm biased but it was probably one of the least informative <laughs> ch- <laughs> chapters in the book because i was like oh I, i've heard this already yeah. but then there were these uh, but 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 from that and from other aspects of the book there were other questions that came up for me um, that I wanted to tease out. Um, and there are questions specifically about how consent um, or consent culture or lack thereof mm-hmm. plays itself out in swinger um, in the swinger context um, in ways that I think we in ways that I think are important to talk about. So I know I know I'm being pretty like vague about all this all of this stuff. So I wanted to first talk about a few um a few pieces from the book and, and get your, um, your reaction mm-hmm. on them. Uh, and then, and then we'll move on to talking about some areas of how consent plays. It's plays a role or, or is, is visible in lifestyle spaces. So, so there are a couple of themes in the book. One of them is how rape culture represents a failure of sex education. Mm-hmm which I never thought of rape culture in that way, but let me just read this out to you. So this is from Carol Queen. She defines rape culture as a culture that minimizes, ignores, or normalizes acts of sexual non-consent, does not adequately teach about consent, or does not seek to help people learn to um, pursue their desires in a consensual way. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard rape culture defined this way? No. And do you, and 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 when what have you heard about rape culture? Uh, well, just there are you know 
our society perpetuates rape culture. Um, and you can see that in various examples, you know, locker room talk, um, differing a uh, talk about, you know, uh, female celebrities versus male celebrities, um, differing punishments um, for, you know, acts, you know, different things that people do, but never... I don't think that a definition of rape culture has ever been stated. It's more just like this is an example. And I think for me, when I hear rape culture, I hear a culture that normalizes rape. Mm -hmm. And I it and this is where this is how I hear about it in my other circles. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's that's really not what it's about. And I feel like the term rape culture is really provocative. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Purposely. But I also feel like just by the name itself, people can kind of separate themselves from it and say, mm -hmm. well, I don't do that. So I don't even need to have this conversation. Right. But when it comes to normalizing acts of sexual non-consent, this was deep. Like if you if you if you think about rape culture as a society that normalizes non-consent, I can safely say that there are examples I can pull from where this is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll just say, for example, I know when I was an undergrad, when we used to talk about getting girls to our room and just getting them drunk, we never said rape, right? right We're not yeah. raping anybody. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about getting girls drunk or getting them high mm -hmm. or getting them on that ecstasy, right? Yeah. This was in many ways, trying to circumvent consent. We never saw it that way. We mm -hmm. were just like, yo, they just need to get loosened up. They're just too, too, too fucking uptight. Like, <laughs> let's just, let's just get them comfortable. Mm -hmm. But what we were really talking about was trying to buy, bypass consent, mm -hmm. you know, um, and this is an idea that didn't just come from us. This plays itself out in, you know, a lot of it's music, television oh, yeah. movies i mean the idea that guys are supposed to be pursuing their desires like in order for us to pursue our desire it's almost like it has to be an aggressive like dominating action yeah you gotta kick game dude you gotta like you gotta get her loosened up right um and you have to be persistent, right? Like, even mm -hmm. if she's, like, acting like she's not into you. And we're supposed to play, like, cards again. Like, we're supposed to act like, you know, we're not into it or whatever. Um, and that kind of thing. So, can I ask you, as far as you pursuing your own sexual desires, how did you get, how did you get cues on how to do that as a woman that's growing up? Like, where did those like how did you know how to do it where did the ideas about no. how to do it come from? i mean i don't think i knew how to do it i don't think i got any cues on how to pursue my sexual desires i don't think that there was never a conversation or i never said or I never received any information especially not from other women on how to pursue my sexual desires it was definitely like just put in situations <laughs> and had to decide like, is this something I'm into or is it not? Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think there, it was very trial and error kind of uh, evolution. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you didn't get any cues on that. It was more so like, okay, I'm in a situation. There might be an opportunity to explore something. 
do yeah. I want to do this at this moment? Right. Do you feel like you needed more? Oh, absolutely. Like, like what? Like, you know, I guess being able to just have, just have personal reflection time. Right. Um, to say, you know, well, what, what kinds of things are, am I interested in? Like what, how would I like to explore my sexuality? Who would I like to explore my sexuality with? Um, and those kind of things. And I don't, <laughs> there was like never any planning like I there I feel like I, I didn't and I also didn't know I don't think I had the language to say like this is what I need um, and I definitely didn't have anybody to talk to to say you know well how are you feeling about you know this and that kind of thing um, which I think is which I think probably not so much now but for you know women who are my age who are older than me um, <clears throat> it was very, you know, rare that you could, at least I, in, in my experience, that you could have open, you could have open conversation about your sexuality with other or what you were interested or looking to be interested in and explore with other women or with your community and not be slut shamed for it or judged or ostracized for it yeah so i think for me um very similar there's certain things i wish i would have known um you know as far as as far as consent goes um i i think you're right the missing language there was true for me too like i knew how to talk to guys about sex and dominating um I had no idea how to express those um, in a way where I thought it was socially acceptable for me to engage in dialogue with a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, That didn't happen until I was in a relationship in which, you know, we were having sex and so we could talk dirty, like we Mm -hmm. could like get in, get into some of that stuff. There, there's if if I could turn back time, (laughs) there's a lot of conversations I wish I could have had. Oh yeah. Um, And, you know, it was important to know you didn't need to get chicks drunk. Like you didn't need to get them high. You didn't need all of that. Like yeah. all the women who slept with me would, would have slept with me sober, you know, it's <laughs> right, like yeah. <laughs> they didn't need, they didn't need that kind of persuasion. Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 they did it because they wanted to. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I didn't quite understand. Um, so there's this other, um, other thing I wanted to read out. Um, and that is, we could talk about consent till we can't talk anymore, but without a way to teach people about consent, not just conceptually, but in the body and in the voice, um, we won't arrive at the consult- consent culture we seek. She also says, an even bigger culprit than acted out power has been the failure of sex education to equip us for real-time sexual experiences. Enthusiastic consent is not possible without access to sex information. This is the great barrier to consent culture. Um, I was thinking about an analogy today. Mm-hmm. I feel like sex is a lot like um, is a lot like getting your first car. Like when you <laughs> like when you when you like you know break your virginity or whatever. Like mm-hmm. when you you know lose it's like, your virginity. Lose your virginity. Sorry. Yeah. It's like you know you get a car. Everybody gets a car at some point. We all get a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're all sexually active, and it's like we all get a car, but we don't get any information about how stop signs work, how red lights and yellow lights and green lights work. We don't understand, um, you know the sidewalks and the streets we just get a car and we're allowed to drive that shit and i feel like the way sex education operates they don't give us the real 
they don't give us the real information about how sex works. Mm-hmm. Like, I <clears throat> thought I was so horrible at so, like because sex is awkward. Like, yeah. I remember the first time I had sex. The one thing I remember was like how the room smelled, <laughs> and like how she smelled. Like, I got like like little like these different scents that I've never smelled before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, sex smells funny. <laughs> um, and like all these positions are hard. Like I almost fell off the bed. Like, you know, <laughs> it, it gets, you know, I got soft at one point uh-huh. and I thought I was in and I wasn't. Like she was just super wet and it was hard to tell what I was fucking doing. <laughs> I don't know if I was doing something right or wrong. It was like sex can be really awkward. It's like getting in a car and just driving and like not knowing like the the road signs or whatever mm-hmm. and just like fucking getting in there. And I feel like, you know, there are speed bumps and shit. You yeah. know, there are some potholes that you have to navigate over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have really liked for somebody to sit me down and be like, yo, man, sex is fucking weird. Let me just tell you, like <laughs> yeah. it, it gets it gets weird. Yeah. Um, and nobody like. I had to learn all of that shit. By my, like, do you feel, do you, you understand what I'm, where Absolutely. I'm going? Absolutely, yes. I was like, nobody was saying, nobody was saying sex is weird. Like, that was definitely something that I discovered as an adult. Um, it, you know, any kind of conversation about sex, you know, at least from elders, parents, you know, those kind of people who just don't have it, <laughs> you know, like don't have sex, you're not ready for that. Um, and then any kind of conversation with peers was just like, um like these like you know unrealistic expectations like it's supposed to be romantic and beautiful and all this other you know bullshit and it's not that either uh it can be but you know not when you're like in high school and don't know what the fuck you're doing (laughs) for real so just like bringing it back to this car, like like I can't I can't get over because I was just thinking the way you described it, I feel mm-hmm. like Hollywood is telling us like, yo, anytime you get in the car, you're just going to drive into yeah. the sunset. You know, it's going to be open road. Like it's mm-hmm. like them car commercials from back in the day. Yeah. Like there was never any litter on the road. It was, right. like, it was always clean. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I'm like, yo, when I first got in the car. Uh, first of all there was traffic there was fucking smoke coming out of potholes in new york like you know what i mean there were just pedestrians doing dumb shit in the streets like all of this weird shit that i just didn't know about mm-hmm. and i feel like that's how we treat sex certainly in in the u.s like yeah. it's like yo here are the keys to the car nigga just drive just <laughs> don't hit nobody right um and then like there are all these car accidents all of these misinterpretations all of these like you know people misreading signals um and you know you got folks unfortunately one person saying yo they were assaulted and the other person saying like yo i thought she wanted it and it, yeah. it and they're both being really genuine mm-hmm. um but we're really giving people we're really getting people giving people keys to the car without any driver's ed classes without any fucking road tests like nothing mm-hmm. um but we are at the same time giving them this impression that sex is this beautiful fucking thing. Yeah. Um, and if somebody really sat you down and said what sex was, what do you wish they would have said? Um, I probably wish they would have like explained like the not so uh, pretty aspects of sex like the smells and the secretions and just what could happen and just the variety of sex um 
I think that would have been helpful to just understand that sex doesn't have to be one way that, you know, really um, seeking to understand your own pleasure is important, um, especially as a woman. Um, I think that's beaten into men, you know, boys heads that, you know, they're after their own pleasure. But for women, it's definitely not that kind of conversation. Um, But just having a more practical conversation around the mechanics of sex, um, I think would have been important, would have been helpful. You know, one thing I had learned really recently. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, I don't know if last time you watched a porn where, you know, a guy would have a chick in a missionary position Mm -hmm. and then he would kind of roll his hips Mm -hmm. as he's like, you know, thrusting. Mm -hmm. And as much as I saw that in porn growing up, I did not understand the purpose of something like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, why is he doing that? And why does she like it so much? I have no idea. I just know that that is the case that women like that. And so I started doing it and I'm like, Oh, she really liked this, likes this, Mm -hmm. but why? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I remember picking, picking up this book and it just explained like, yo, like the walls of her vulva. Mm -hmm. Um, some, there are some sides of it that are just going to give her more pleasure. Mm -hmm. And if you can maximize, like, stop fucking sticking it in like a piston and <laughs> and try to get at those walls, nigga. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, so when you roll your hips, you're touching more wall. Mm-hmm. Am I pre- preaching to the choir or are you like, what the fuck is this nigga talking no, about? No, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. No, do you agree? I know you get yeah, what I, I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. You I agree. Have, you have a Volvo with walls. So yes. <laughs> Like yes. sometimes I do that when we're making love. Like, yes. do you like and it's that? enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 here's here's the thing. Like even this little like brief exchange we just had, mm-hmm. it would have been nice to have that kind of dialogue right. back in the day yeah. with a woman. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so moving on. Um so what people don't think of when it comes to consent violation. So Um, This was another theme that came out in the book. So I'm going to read this next bullet out. So consent violations are much easier to recognize as when when they are inappropriate, rude, too sudden in a context of insufficient interpersonal connection, uh, violent. um, But they also happen when people are in love, in a relationship and even in the mood. The need for enthusiastic consent and the understanding that consent can be withdrawn at any time is not a new concept, but it's something that's coming to new awareness. And so, I mean, I think intimate partner violence is like, you know, one of the main um, arenas where rape happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or assault happens. And so understanding that, yes, even though you're in a, in a relationship and you love someone like, you know, that, Things can change, right? Um, Even when you're in the act of having sex and just making sure that you're um, checking in with that person at all times and that it doesn't have to be this big thing for it to be you be engaging in a sexual act that's non-consensual. Because I, again, I'm just reflecting on my own education. I'm like, yo, as soon as this chick's pussy is wet, this is, this is, this is important. So as soon as her pussy's wet, nigga, you can do whatever you want. Like as soon as like, yo, as soon as she lets you take her panties off, then it's all you're all good. There's no need to check in. nigga. Mm-hmm. Like she's ready. 
Um, or as soon as you stick it in, like as soon as you start thrusting, like she's good. Like there's yeah. no reason to check in with her, no reason to see her body language, no reason to see if she's trying to fight you off. There's no reason for all of that. Like once once you break that barrier, um, once you break that boundary, then you can keep going without checking in. You can keep going without needing to worry about consent. She already gave you consent when she opened her legs. Like this kind, this quote right here, I think is so brilliant mm-hmm. because it says, yo, even when a woman is turned on, like even this is just, I'm just talking about talking from my perspective here even when she's turned on even when she's let you in your room in her room even when y'all under the sheets even when y'all in bed even when you stuck it in even before her fucking climax she could always say no and more importantly she could she could really get uncomfortable with what you're doing and want this to stop yeah um and this could be your girlfriend. It could be your friend. It could be some chick you just met in the bar. The fact that she could be in the mood and still say no and a consent violation can happen um, is an important thing that I don't think a lot of our boys know, a lot of our men know, um, or a lot of them respect. And I think this is important to obviously understand like in the lifestyle when you're with a new partner and you're like oh like usually with my partners I do this thing and so I'm just gonna try it with this new partner like you need to check in Mm -hmm. like you need to say something um because you need to get consent from that person even if y'all fucking um right in that moment if you decide to stick a finger in my ass you need to let me know Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like you need to say, "Hey, is this okay?" Right. And I want to so so let me let me challenge you on that a little bit because mm-hmm. I think it let me know, have there been any times where somebody tried something and they didn't ask your permission? Somebody tried something new with you and they were doing it and you were like, "Okay, you know, again, they're not saying anything." Mm-hmm. Um, but they're trying it. Mm-hmm. And then they do it. You're not stopping them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you end up liking that thing. So here's somebody who did not ask consent. Mm-hmm. They did something. You liked it. They liked it. There is a positive outcome to not getting consent. The question I have for you is what message does that say? Does that sort of challenge the whole notion of consent? Um, or is there another way to think about it? Like, what do you like? Do you have anything to say about to those dudes that are like, yo, like sometimes like asking in the moment can be a problem. Like I've done things and I didn't ask in the moment and she still busted several nuts. So I think it's still an issue. Like, I think you still, even if the outcome is good, like you still need to um, get consent. And I think there is still an opportunity, you know, after the fact to say, hey, you know, this all went down. I didn't check in with you in the moment. My fault. Um, but I'm checking in now. Was that okay? Like, I mm-hmm. want to make sure that you're okay. Was that okay that I did X, Y, and Z? Um, so, because, yeah, in the heat in the moment, sometimes, like, we're not going to, everybody's not perfect. Like, this is all, I think this is new for a lot of people. And so, and it's not a thing, like, every time you do something, it's like, is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? Is this thrust okay? Is this thrust okay? Right? <laughs> like, you got to, <laughs> you know, you got to find the line there. Um, but I think it's still important that you acknowledge that there was a consent 
breach right mm-hmm. like i think that still has to be acknowledged whether or not the outcome is good um it still has to be acknowledged and uh, talked about so that in the future you know it's it doesn't happen um or you are better able to approach it and i think there are there are still ways to be sexy to be in the moment and continuously ask for consent right you don't have to be obnoxious about it um but you do and you should be checking in with your partner anyway right like there Mm -hmm. still should be some kind of exchange um and so yeah i think that's still important i i i appreciate that i really do and i'm not just saying that because i'm your husband like <laughs> I, I i needed to hear that because i think that when men enter the bedroom there is that sometimes there could be a way that they want to see themselves in the bedroom you know that mm-hmm. is really sexy that's really helpful for them you know mm-hmm. sometimes it's like like they want to be this this dominating partner in the bedroom they want to be the you know um somebody who can really please a woman and not be unsure of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to stutter. They don't want to put, they don't want to be like, uh, they don't want to seem like somebody who's in a submissive position in their bedroom. They want the bedroom to be their kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's supposed to be their kingdom. You know, there's sort of that idea. Uh, and you know, when it comes to asking permission, they can sometimes see that as something that is counter to this idea. Um, they shouldn't ask, have to ask permission. They should already know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in some ways, consent can feel like or asking for consent can feel can feel somewhat demeaning. So I'm going, I'm going extreme here. But I think that uh, what you just said, was or what uh, how i'm interpreting it is that look consent can still be really sexy Mm. um and so if a guy who tried something on you without asking permission checked in with you afterwards um versus a guy who didn't who was like yes i did this thing you're like you know i didn't have to ask your permission so whatever there's nothing else to talk about how would you view those two guys yeah, the, I think the second guy's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Re- regardless, again, regardless of the outcome, like you need to say something like you because you fucked up. Like, just let's just be clear. Like you fucked up. So I need you to acknowledge that you fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not I enjoyed it, you know, you need to acknowledge that. Awesome. Um I appreciate that because I, I, I think that that's the disconnect for mm-hmm. a lot of people. It's like, yeah. no, you enjoyed it. So how could I have fucked up if you enjoyed it? Mm-hmm. You could still fucked up. You could still fuck up even if she enjoyed it. Yeah. I want to talk about a few things that happen in a lifestyle just sort of continuing off this conversation. So I think there are times where we can we that in the lifestyle people can assume that it's okay to not get consent because of the following. Mm. So... It's okay not to get consent because a bunch of people are touching her without permission, without asking. So it must be okay. No, <clears throat> no, because you. I mean, you don't know what you. First of all, you don't know their relationship to that person. You don't know what conversations have happened before, anything like that. Like, there's not like 
well i won't say yeah there's not blanket consent like you still you know need to ask a question like you know even when we were going to hotel parties and um that we're doing like the massage you know the massage train or whatever it's like you know are you who are you comfortable with giving you this massage Mm -hmm. like is it just women is it women and men is it just certain women is it just certain men is it just your partner like nah just because somebody's touching somebody doesn't mean you get to touch them Right, right. And I think it's interesting at Desire, there's something else that played out like this. Like, you know, at Desire, you might see this happen a lot. And at other lifestyle events where a chick will just be she might have her titties out and then a guy will walk up to her and just start touching her titties. And she'll be like, oh, this is so cool. I like getting my titties touched. Mm -hmm. And so you might assume that, oh, well, I can touch her titties, too. No, 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 you have no idea what's going on there. Um, That could be somebody who's been touching the titties for the last 15 years. Right. (laughs) Um, Or just it's the last 15 hours you don't know mm-hmm. um so the other thing is assume it's i assume it's okay not to get consent because we played before Mm-mm. so this is when you play you've already played with a partner so there's no reason to ask consent no because listen i could change my mind i could decide that you know what i i actually did not enjoy that experience or something something about our relationship could change um that could make me like no i don't want this person touching me like just because we played before you touched me before does not mean that you have consent to now touch me again or that you know expect expect this is a big one expect that we will play again Mm -hmm. um absolutely not so the next one is assume it's i assume it's okay to not get consent because she was all over my wife Mm -hmm. oh so like this is you know the two females were engaging with each other so the husband feels like he can engage with the other one Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. because she might not even be into dudes like that like not into other dudes other than her husband I totally made this mistake before and I (laughs) I regret it. It gives me nightmares to this day. There was a woman who was all over you at Naughty and Norland and I was just like, oh, okay, well, I guess I could just smack her ass then. (laughs) Yep. Wrong, nigga. Wrong. (laughs) I don't remember this. Yeah, you were drunk. Okay. (laughs) Um, So uh, I assume it's okay not to get consent because they invited us to their room for a drink. What? No, nigga. Like. Yeah, just because we drinking don't mean anything's going to happen. Come on now. Oh, there's been plenty of times where I was like, yo, would you be okay with them having a drink with us? Yes. Would you okay with pl- be playing with them? No. <laughs> Absolutely not, nigga. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was an easy one. I-, I assume it's okay to not get consent because she ain't really object to anything so far. Yeah, but still, like... You still need to get enthusiastic consent no matter, you know, if the person says they want a DP or a DVP, but that don't necessarily mean they're kissing you. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you still need to get consent regardless of what has been previously consented. All right. So the next one is I assume it's okay to not get consent because we're the same sex. Oh, and girls fuck this up all the time all the time i mean i don't think this unless it's you know by guys which we don't see as much not that they aren't in the lifestyle they are but you don't see open same-sex males engaging together um in the lifestyle but you do obviously see females engaging together and they feel like oh it's girls it's whatever um and nah that's not the case because one not all women in the lifestyle are bi let's just get that out there Mm -hmm. um and second of all is even if you are the same sex you still need to 
consent like if i want and this is a rare occasion but if i want to kiss a woman like i'm still gonna ask her is it okay to kiss you like i'm not just gonna assume because we're both women that it's okay to kiss you Mm -hmm. okay so I, i assume it's not okay i assume it's okay to not get consent because her husband or his wife said it was okay no you need to talk to the person Yo, this was another one I, I fucked up on a few times. <laughs> like husband will come up to her like, yo, she would re- she would really like you or she really likes you or she just been looking at you. She really wants you. And then I go up to her and be like, yo. <laughs> and then and I, I just think- pat her on the pussy. And then she's like, no, I didn't say that was okay. And I think like there's there's <laughs> I didn't pat anybody on the pussy just for the record. That was I think a joke. there's some husbands that. I've only experienced this with husbands doing this, but there's some grimy ass husbands and male partners out there who will just be like, Hey, yo, just, 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 just touch it. Just touch her ass a little bit. Like just, you know, she's going to like it. I promise you. And no, you need to check in with the actual individual who it is. Cause partners be on some grimy shit sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But yo, I had husbands like really big up my head, like, yo, really big it up thinking I could just like literally like just go up to her and just start smashing her right there. I've had husbands tell me the craziest shit and it's just not that you go up to her and she's like lukewarm. Yeah. Like, you know, because they on some grimy shit because they trying to they trying to get with me or something mm-hmm. like that yep. or like they just trying to make something else happen. Right. Know? Right. Um. So that was my list. I don't know if there are any other like nuanced consent violations you've seen in the lifestyle. There's one big one I want to talk about here that I don't think a lot of people think about because I haven't heard people talk about this. And maybe I'm just being really kind of anal about it. But this is the shit I hate. Yo, it's the clubs and the club owners um, and some of the party promoters, Mm -hmm. some of the shit that they do in order to get people to get closer. Mm hmm. Um, I, you know, some people might disagree with me in terms of whether or not this gets into consent violation territory, Mm -hmm. but let me just throw this at you. So what about clubs that purposely make the music really, really loud (laughs) so that people are forced to get closer together in order to actually hear each other? Hmm. And so this is one of those circumventions of consent things i'm talking about yeah so in order for like let's say a guy is interested in you in you he has to get up to your ear in order to express his um his pursuit of of whatever his desire is and you have to get up his ears whether you're saying hey you're really sexy i appreciate you coming up to me or fuck off (laughs) Uh regardless of what your answer is you have to get up to his ear Mm -hmm. and tell him that yeah like what do you think about that yeah i mean i i I don't think i would have thought about it that way if you didn't bring it up but i think that's a good point like i mean i just hate when the music is that loud anyway i guess it's an old person thing i don't know but um yeah sometimes like yeah i don't want certain people in my space and if there's you know that's the only way we can interact yeah that's i think that's a problem yeah like limiting that like so so the the other example is like when they make the space so dark mm-hmm. that you have to walk all the way up to somebody in order to see what they look like <laughs> before determining. So let me be clear. I'm not saying that these clubs 
have to keep the music down or have to keep the lights like blasted up. That's not what I'm saying. If they want to darken the music, I mean, if they want to darken the light to set the mood, Mm -hmm. that's fine. If they want to make the music louder in order for it to be a real club and party environment, that's fine. But if your objective is to force people to get closer together, if you're manipulating the environment in a way that forces them to get closer together, whether they want to or not, I think that's wrong. Mm -hmm. I think that's wrong. I think if that's your motive, nigga, stop. (laughs) Especially if you don't have, like, if there's not another space to escape to where that isn't the environment. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think that's definitely a problem. But but even if it was, like, you're not going to do that with everybody. Yeah. Like, oh, listen, um, it's 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 just too loud out here, Bill. I wonder <laughs> if we can just find a space where we can be alone and I can express all of this inappropriate shit <laughs> to you yeah. when you just wanted to sit here yeah. and not be bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, again, I think there are a lot of, I know clubs in particular that have done this and have brought it up like it forces people to get closer together nigga like if you've got to force people to get closer together your whole party is fucked up like your whole (laughs) model is fucked up you Mm -hmm. shouldn't have to do that right um so that was uh so that was one nuance i wanted to bring up that i haven't heard um okay so i'm gonna ask a really controversial question Mm -hmm. and then we'll wrap this up um this is really dark i kept thinking about this what if a sexual assault actually does happen at a swinger party. The sexual assault itself is already horrific, but what happens after I think is even more horrific. How do you explain to a cop that you got raped at a swingers at a swinger event? Hmm. How do you do that? I I think the same way you would So I think the same way you would do it at any other time that a sexual assault happens, I think what you're talking about is given the situation the judgment of the cop now the cop should be unbiased regardless if there were consenting adults there having sex with other people if there was a situation where that individual did not consent to have sex with another individual that's that's rape regardless of if there were people naked there like this is the whole thing like it doesn't matter what she's wearing it doesn't matter what she says if she says no, no means no, regardless if she butt naked and laying in the bed with her legs spread wide open. Like if she says no, that means no. And if somebody violates that, it's rape. Um, and so, but I think that law enforcement professionals um, and, you know, those people of authority need to be educated in a way that I, I don't think they are in a level now to understand that regardless of the context, if the person says no, it's still rape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I wondered about that because I doubt that law enforcement, because let's be clear when it comes to sexual assault, there is a a sort of thin series of characteristics that allow you to be um, worthy of claiming that you're a victim of sexual assault mm-hmm. in reality. So what I mean by that is, you know, when you're talking to law enforcement about you being sexually assaulted, Let's just make sure that you're not a sex worker, Mm -hmm. that you're not a porn star, that you're not engaged in any kind of sexual immorality, Mm -hmm. that the person that was the um, 
that was the perpetrator did not really know you or have a relationship with you or um, or was engaged in the same sort of uh, you know immoral subculture that you were mm-hmm. um, and you know there are just all of these things that I think people assume about sexual assault victims um, that one they were not they were not pursuing their own sexual pleasure in the context of this sexual assault, mm-hmm. uh, which I think would be really hard for someone in a, in a lifestyle setting to convince a law enforcement of. Right. Like, bitch, you was in here fucking. How did you get raped? Mm-hmm. Like, how? Yeah. You know? Um, so that's the question I wanted to throw, throw out here. And it's also something that reinforces the idea that we're not quite, that when it comes to rape culture and a culture of non-consent, we're still in here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're, we're still there. Like we have not made a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think one of the things we've sort of come away with is that there's, there's, there's need for more education. Absolutely. Um, more education, more awareness, more mm-hmm. action, more mm-hmm. advocacy. Um, I think, you know, it's everybody needs to do their part in terms of one, um, uh, pursuing enthusiastic consent um i think everybody needs to do their part when they see that enthusiastic consent you know is not being given like speaking up you know saying something about that um you know talking to your friends and partners about consent and what that looks like and what that means um because you can, you know, you can only start with yourself, you know, in your circle and you hope that that blooms out um, to others, you know, in your space. Um, and even given, you know, the lifestyle, I don't think that the lifestyle is where it needs to be in terms of consent. Um, and we as a community could do a much better job um, about getting consent. I think that's coming. Like you hear about it and um, see about it more and more. And of mm-hmm. course, every every at every party, you know, the host at every event, you know, no means no. Um, they give the kind of the same spiel, but it's not this in-depth education and awareness about the nuances around consent. And I think we have to go beyond just saying no means no. Um, that was a great conversation, Bill. All right. So I wanted to move on from some of this gloomy stuff (laughs) and talk about some emails and DMs that we've received. Um, this is a question from IG. Good morning, Bummer and Bill. Um, we are some folks in New Mexico. I'll keep their names private. Uh, we've been in the lifestyle for four years and married for 15. I've been listening to Casual Swinger for a year or so and just got turned on to your podcast in the last month or so. I love your podcast. This week, I was listening to the episode about black men being in high demand in the lifestyle. You are right about that. I was kind I was kind of sad though listening to your lovely queen talk about how black how the black women are not not in as high of demand. Well, I know we live really far from you guys, but tell Belle that I think black women are just beautiful. It's not some fetish thing or wanting to be dominant over black women. I just think that they are stunning. It is just so unfortunate that the black population is so small in New Mexico. Y'all have a great show and I just love Belle's voice. She is very charming. Well, thank you, New Mexico peeps. That's very sweet. And I mean, first of all, I know my sisters are the shit. Like, I'm very clear about that. Um, But sometimes y'all just don't be checking for us. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) 
Okay. I don't I don't think I want to get me on my Kevin <laughs> Samuels um my Kevin Samuels soapbox. Oh Lord. Because Kevin Samuels be like, yo, yeah, no, black women, y'all y'all are beautiful, but y'all don't be settling for average. We started off the we started off the episode talking about <laughs> average people. Y'all don't be settling for average. It's not even like settling for average. Like we're just black women have had to struggle for too long to get less than they deserve. And so I think that we're finally understanding our worth and what we deserve and we want partners that can match that. Am I matching your your desires, Belle, or or, or or do I need to do better? Just just tell me right now. Am I am I my average? We'll see. We'll see how May plays out. Oh God! It's her, it's her birthday. <laughs> it's a it's a marquee birthday. Well, mm-hmm. you got well. Yes, you have my you have Mother's Day, and you have my birthday. So you have some some you know some opportunities to show you just to show prove yourself assured. Mother's uh, Day is fucked up. That's, that's, <laughs> Why is Mother's Day fucked up? It's messed up that it should May. Like that's not the one I it's think about. Like in it's May. always birthday, and it's it's in May. But I think about your birthday, and I'm like, oh shit, there's this whole other thing I got to plan. <laughs> um, that I'm just saying, you're gonna get some lazy Mother's Day oh, shit. shit. Like like our son is gonna have to help out a lot. <laughs> like yo, I got a birthday, nigga. You take uh, <laughs> you take one of these days. He's not even too. Uh, all right. Um. Okay, this is from a 50 plus back couple. Um, First off, I love your podcast. You guys are great, funny as hell, and best of all, unapologetically black. Absolutely. Um, Our question is, what is the age dynamic at Desire and Temptation? We had heard in the past that Temptation is more of a 35 and under atmosphere and that Desire Pearl is more for the grown folks. So tell us, would a black over 50 lifestyle-ish couple have fun at either of these resorts? Thanks in advance for any insight you can give us. By the way, we are longtime Hito vets and thinking about trying something different. Thanks again. So I would say that, um, yes, so Temptation is definitely a 35 and under atmosphere and it's a good time. Um, Desire Pearl, um, we did not get a chance to visit Desire Pearl, but we did hear that it is like a 60 plus um, more kind of. Uh, atmosphere and then desire riviera maya is kind of that 35 to 55 kind of Mm -hmm. atmosphere i would say um and so i think you would enjoy both like especially coming from hito you're gonna get the kind of party vibe at temptation but it's definitely gonna be with a younger crowd um but when if desire riviera maya um or desire pearl you definitely get that more relaxing luxe atmosphere yeah, I would I would advise they do it kind kind of what we did. We yeah. went to Desire our uh, Riviera Maya uh, and then take like a day trip to Temptation. Um, like anybody that is yeah over thirty five, I don't think you can do more than like two or three days at Temptation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't think you would. After those couple of days, I don't think you would enjoy it. So if you're taking more of an extended vacation, like if we did a long weekend at Temptation, that would be fine. But if we're gonna stay a week in mexico like that whole week could not be at temptation like because then that's one of the situations where like you have to take a vacation from your vacation um <laughs> but um i think yeah if you I, I think if you have the opportunity to go to both i would go to both but if you have if you just if you're going for like a week and you just want to stay in one place i would say go to desire 
a Riviera Maya, especially if you're saying lifestyle ish. So that sounds to me like you're not necessarily like full swap swingers. Like you may just be interested in the lifestyle, but not fully engaged. Desire Riviera would be perfect because it's mm-hmm. not. I mean, it's lifestyle, and you can play, you can swap with couples, but it's not that vibe, which I think we've talked about. Um, it's definitely more of like a couple sexy vacation where you can be naked. Thank you for all of your DMs and um, and emails. There's actually one thing, um, Belle, if you could pull up the last IG question of the week we had. Oh. Uh, it was about um, it was about if you could change the preference of your partner. Um, so we had posted on IG a question about like if you could change the preferences that your partners have, like, you know, like if I could change the preference, for example, that Belle, one preference that she has for the kinds of guys she's willing to play with, (laughs) um, what would that be? Uh, And it was, it was designed to be a question that would benefit, like what would benefit me? Like what about her preferences might I change? Um, And what I said was, I wish if I could change a preference, I wish the bell had like a fetish for short guys. <laughs> um, because if she did, I would be winning <laughs> in these streets so hard. But okay. Yes. Oh my gosh, I would be winning. But oh, you just man. said last night that you had an epiphany yes, regarding I'll- my uh, attraction to taller men. Yes. And you, do you want me to say what that Yes, was? I do. Okay. So, it wasn't, <laughs> it's not like she's a size queen is what I said. Right. Which size queens are usually associated with like women who like big dicks. But yeah. but like I didn't want it to, I wanted to make sure that I acknowledge that the reason why Belle likes tall guys is because it really makes her feel smaller than they are. Yes. And Belle, it's really important that she feels smaller than mm-hmm. her partner's including women like even women that you like it's important for them to to be bigger yeah um and so if she feels bigger than her sexual partners it turns her off Mm -hmm. like it is a turn off in a very significant way if she feels like the bigger partner yeah i just i want like so and i think we talked about this like I mean, if you've met me in person, like you've seen what I look like, but like I'm not a big girl, but I'm not petite either, right? I'm very average <laughs> in all aspects. I'm average in build, I'm average in height. Um, and so, but I still, I want to feel like a small girl. Like I want to feel like, like you can pick me up and toss me on the bed and like spin me around on your dick or something. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to fit not, I don't necessarily need you to do that, mm-hmm. but I want to feel like it's a possibility. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm taller than a guy or I'm bigger than a guy, like, I don't feel like it's just, I don't get that same, um, turn on or attract, you know, attractiveness. And it's not like a guy can be very attractive and smaller than me and I'm just like mm, like I just wish like you had like a couple more inches mm-hmm. like so I could I could feel small you know so I got a question <laughs> um like sometimes I feel like I need to lose a little bit of weight uh-huh. um are you afraid that I might lose too much weight or do you feel like I'm at a point where I'm you're always going to feel smaller than me 
Um, I I think you could definitely be too skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and this is like like even though you're taller than me, um, you're still lean and a lot of the times like our weights are definitely too close for comfort. Not in the way that like, I feel that, and that's more like me having issues with me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I need that difference to be <laughs> larger. Um, but it's not, I, yeah, I definitely would, you need to get too skinny for me. Like, but yeah. you're not at that place. Yeah. But still. Okay. Cause, cause we could go in either direction here. Like if you need <laughs> me to like gain another 10 pounds, <laughs> i don't know I don't, we, it's we more so talk. i need me to lose 10 pounds uh-huh. than i need you to gain 10 pounds okay but if i lost 10 pounds and you gained 10 pounds that would also be a workable situation i hope you all enjoyed the show for today i'm just gonna give a few patron shout outs you know we really appreciate the support you're giving us uh and keeping the show going uh you know i think uh um i just want to just give a quick plug to something i had posted to uh patreon really recently and i was a little um hesitant to post it but um you know some of you may or may not know i did have a um period in my life where I was uh, battling drug addiction, um, particularly to certain uh, prescription medications. And uh, I had uh, gave a monologue about that experience that is just a drop uh, of the reality of what I lived through for a few years. so I appreciate some of the feedback I got from that episode. Uh, there were surprisingly folks who, you know, felt like they had their own struggles, either with their family members who had suffered from drug addiction or uh, themselves who are still trying to figure out whether or not to uh, engage in certain prescription uh, drug use uh, by the uh, based on the guidance from their doctors. Um so it's, you know, drug addiction is, is really, is, is very, very nuanced. I mean, you know, they're, you know, I think when people hear the term drug addiction, you know, they're thinking about the junkie on the corner with the needle hanging out of his arm and, you know, drug addiction can come in many forms. Um, there is probably a mother sitting down in a PTA meeting right now uh, that is a leader in her community um, that has a dark, dark secret when it comes to drug addictions. There are a lot of people who are leading, who are just leading their lives, um, but are haunted uh, by certain drugs. Um, And then there are those who are living on the streets that are also uh, dealing with uh, substance abuse issues. So I, you know, want to, uh, again, thanks for folks who really didn't come after me and and call me a big, bad, like druggie for uh, my history with uh, addiction. Um, So I just want to shout out a few Patreon members that have a few new ones. Uh, so Mr. and Mrs. Blissful, Stefan, Phoenix, Phoenix Soul, D, John, Tobias, uh, Tony and Juicy, uh, or Towny and Juicy, um, Kendall, uh, Lamario, 
Black Hot Wife Love, Lillian and Ray. Um, thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to Tribe Chat. Uh, a link to their show will be on the description. Um, yo, man, I really appreciate y'all because y'all gave us a, a, a real shout out, like a, a, a real shout out where you talked about us for a little bit and, and, sh- and uh, highlighted a clip that I had uh, that we posted on Instagram. Um, it's it's always nice to feel to, to be validated by uh, fellow content creators. So we really appreciate that check out their last episode on dirty talk um there were a few gems in that episode that are definitely worth listening to uh anyway um yeah we appreciate you guys uh checking us out peace out thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the show please do check us out on twitter and instagram at black and kinky you can also find us under the same name on cassidy apg amore getaways and patreon Check us out on Facebook and YouTube under Black and Kinky Lifestyle. Feel free to email us at black, the letter N, kinky, lifestyle at gmail.com. Or call and leave a voice message at 937-462-0744. Bye. Black and Kinky, Black and Kinky. Black and Kinky Lifestyle.